Now, in just a few moments, I'm going to ask you to stand for the reading of the Scripture. So in order that I can just go right into the Scripture, I want to kind of set up what we're reading so you'll start looking from the first verse that I will read, and I'm going to use a lot of Scripture today, that you'll kind of know where we're going. And the question that I have to ask you uh, is, when somebody mentions the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, do you think of the Holy Spirit as a person or do you think of the Holy Spirit as an it? You understand the difference? Who is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? What, what's the clarification on the Holy Spirit? Because you see, it's the Holy Spirit that takes you to Jesus. The Spirit leads you when you are not a Christian to Jesus where you can learn about the blood of Jesus, it cleanses from all sin. The Holy Spirit is the one that wrote the Bible. The Holy Spirit carried the words to the writers and the authors, but the scripture is very clear that the Holy Spirit was a part of the Godhead that was responsible for uh, the Bible being written as the inspired and inerrant and infallible. But again, the question is, is the Holy Spirit an it or is the Holy Spirit a person? Just so you'll listen a little more closely to the scripture, can I just assure you that if you don't understand the Holy Spirit and what part the Holy Spirit plays in your life and in my life, you will never be able to comprehend the majority of situations you're going to find yourself in for the rest of your life. You can look back in your past life and you can see some of the evidences that what the Bible is going to teach us this morning is right. You've already experienced it. You say, you can chalk that up. That happened to me. I know exactly what that means. I went through that experience. I had that very same thing happen to me. And so I want you to listen very, very, very carefully. And when we get through in a few minutes, I want you to... Ask the question, okay, now that I know who the Holy Spirit is, uh, how has it affected my life? What relationship do I have to that magnificent Holy Spirit? Where does the Holy Spirit come into all of this? So would you just out of respect to the Scripture stand, and I want to read to you from John chapter 20. John chapter 20. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and uh, the tomb is empty. The believers have run to hide. Uh, they don't know what to expect. They have gone through the most traumatic time in their life, and these words are written by the Holy Spirit through the apostle John, and I want you to notice before the, the key scriptures, uh, we'll start with verse 20, but I want to read to you, if you have a red letter edition, you'll see I'm going to read the red letters in the 19th verse. When the verse came to an end, these are the words of Jesus, peace be unto you. And we'll get back to the story in a minute. But he says to those that have just participated in the story that we're going to talk about, peace be unto you. Verse 20 now. And when he had so said... This is Jesus now. He showed unto them his hands and his side. Then, 
were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive you the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Question, is this an it or is it a person that's giving these magnificent words to us that I hope will guide, direct, and strengthen us for the rest of the days of our life? Would you be seated? Thank you for standing. Again, Holy Spirit is the Word. Question is, what enters your mind? What enters your mind? Somebody says, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. What do you think about? Is it a person? Or is it a it? See, the Holy Spirit wrote this Bible. And the Bible says, you won't understand this. And, and I'm talking to some. If you're not here, you're watching or listening. And your honest truth would be, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. Now, first of all, for a lot of people, that's an excuse. That just sounds kind of spiritual, so you kind of say that. But for most, that's not true. Children can understand the Bible that will read it. But if this is true that you don't understand it, it may be because you don't know the author. You don't know the Holy Spirit that, that gave these words to the writers. And the Holy Spirit is the God of comfort. And the Holy Spirit not only wrote the Word, but the Holy Spirit, and if you are a born-again believer, lives in your life. And it, one of the purposes of the Holy Spirit, and there are many, but one of the purposes is in order that when you need to hear from God what He wants to say to you, you need to know where the Holy Spirit fits into this thing. So listen very carefully this morning. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, we read these words. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You see that clear scripture? You say, well, I give good things. What are you going to get for Christmas? I gave him this, I gave him that. Well, let me tell you what the Father wants to do. The Father wants to give you the Holy Spirit. Now, the first thing the Holy Spirit does, it convicts you of your sin. Second thing the Holy Spirit does is to help you understand the Bible that the Holy Spirit wrote. And then the list goes on and on. I can't give you all, but I tell you, it'll give you courage. Holy Spirit gives you wisdom. It gives you power. It gives you discernment. It gives you comfort. All of these things are responsibility of the Holy Spirit. But if you say, well, that Holy Spirit, I'm not sure. I heard somebody talking about that one day. I remember we were at a picnic and somebody brought it up and they got in some kind of argument about, do you got the gift and all that? And I don't know what they're talking about. I just went out and ate another sandwich. But it's imperative that you know what the Holy Spirit is, who it is, not what is who. And that you understand that this is a gift from the Father he gave us his son to pay for our sins. He gave us the Holy Spirit 
to carry us through our life here on this earth and see that we are prepared to stand before the Lord and one day hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servants. You were faithful over a few things, but I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Enter now into the joy of the Lord. To walk with you at that funeral, to walk with you in that hospital, to walk with you when your job has been terminated, to walk with you when your mate has walked out of the house, to walk with you when the doctor does not have good news. And the list could go on and on and on. The list is lengthy, but due to time's sake, I must get right to the point. Do you know the person of the Holy Spirit? Do you even have any idea what I'm talking about? Because you see, if you don't know, you're making terrible decisions because it's the Holy Spirit that guides you to truth. So if you're not following the Holy Spirit, where you've been going and what's been happening, how have your decisions been turning out? Are you dating the right person? Do you marry the right person? Do you have the right job in the right place? Are you serving the Lord in the way he wants to serve the Lord? Are you honoring the Lord with your finances whom the Lord is looking for people he can bless with his money? Are you one of those he can trust because you have learned that through the leadership of the Holy Spirit? You see, this goes into every area of our life. Is the Holy Spirit helping you rear your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Is the Holy Spirit guiding your mind to make the most important decisions that you make every day and every moment of your life. The Holy Spirit is given, are you ready for this? To every single person who is born again, who has been saved, who is a child of God, not the upper 20%. God doesn't grade on the curve. He just dumps it all. You get the whole thing. You know, God help those folks that believe you get Jesus and one day you move up to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came to get you to Jesus. You know, it doesn't get any better than Jesus, folks. I'm sorry. The Holy Spirit wants to do what God sent him to do. And if we will let him do that, wow. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 12, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus and here's what he writes. That we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Do you see what this says? When I grew up with some of you, we had the ABCs of salvation. Remember that? Help us remember, A, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. C, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God is raised from the dead and you shall be saved. Let me tell you something. The ABCs lead you right into life with the Holy Spirit. But now we have so much confusion in our world and so many different authorities that people listen to And most people allow their life to be governed by what they watch on television or hear on the news or feel in the powers that be rather than being still and knowing that he is God. And while all of this turmoil is going on and there's storms on every hand and trials are dark on every hand and we'll never understand all the ways that God leads us to the promised land. But he does this. He takes us by the hand and he leads us And this is a roadmap. And he guides us. And he encourages us. 
And he assures us that I have the words of eternal life. It is important or even imperative that all of us understand the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.30 says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Brothers and sisters, Christians, the Holy Spirit is trying to protect every one of us and to lead us into all truth. Don't grieve him. Don't give him an excuse to go to somebody else because you're so stubborn, you're not going to listen to what he says. You're going to do what you want to do, when you want to do it, and the way you want to do it. You'll decide what goes into your body. You'll decide your moral lifestyle. You'll decide every decision on your own because that's what all your friends are doing. Don't do that. Let the Holy Spirit guide you to the all truth. With his promise that I will not withhold any good thing from those that love me. I will not withhold any good thing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who has also given unto him his Holy Spirit. You see, when you disobey, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting others. You don't hurt God in the sense that you weaken him or wound him. But what you do is you have forbid him to bless you in the way that he wants to bless you because you had rather make decisions based on the multitude of emotions that we go through every single day of our life. So when we despise the Holy Spirit, we break the heart of God. Now, the words in John 20, 22 were uttered just very shortly before the Lord ascended into heaven. And in the book of Acts, where it's recorded about when the Jesus went back to heaven, he said, now, before I go, I want to remind all you folks, appreciate you coming to the meeting today, but I want to tell you something. I'm fixing to go away. But I'm, I want you to know, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to be with the Father. Well, where's the Father? Our Father who art in heaven. You remember that? That's where I'm going, okay? I'm going to go to sit down to the Father. But Lord, we need you. No, wait, no, no. No, you don't need me, Jesus, because I can only be in one place at one time. I'm in flesh and blood. I can't be in Houston, Dallas this morning. I can be in one or other place. So I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And my Holy Spirit is going to be with every one of you. That's what you need, and that's what I'm going to give you. But the Holy Spirit is going to lead you into every truth, every decision, all power is given to him and he wants to guide you and lead you. So listen to Acts chapter one, right off the bat, verse four and five, and being assembled together with them, listen to this, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, that'd be Houston to us, but wait for the promise of the father, which said he, you have heard of me for John truly baptized me with water but you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. He said, I'm telling you something. I got good news for you. You're going to weep and cry and tears are going to flow out of your eyes. You say goodbye to me. But in a few days, the Holy Spirit that's in you is going to come alive. And he's going to take over. And he's going to control you. And he's going to guide you. And he's going to be your provider. And he is going to be the one that will not let you fall. 
And the promise of the Father is found in John 14, 16, and 17, which he's, when he says, and I will pray to the Father. He'll give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world, listen to this, cannot receive because it sees him not neither knows him. What are we talking about there? The person of the Holy Spirit. You cannot expect to get good counsel from worldly people. You cannot expect to get wisdom from the one that does not know the one that is all wisdom. You have to get focused. You've got to break down all the barriers and some might be somebody spiritual. You say, well, I just know they're just a wonderful Christian, so I'm just going to do what they do. Don't do that. Let the Holy Spirit Take your spiritual metabolism and use it for his glory in a way that will not draw attention to you, but will draw attention to him. And on that day of Pentecost, in the second chapter of Acts, it said, having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, that he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. And he was talking about in verse 32, that God raised him up, talking about Jesus. We're all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God, exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shed forth this, which you now see and hear. Jesus went to be with the Father. The Father, the Son, looked down to the Holy Spirit and said, now's the time. Take over my children's lives. Guide them, protect them, as the Spirit of God did, even with the Son of God. So here's my question. What's the difference between a powerful Christian and a weak religionist? You can know everything about the Bible. If you don't know the author of the Bible, you still don't have it together. There's a big difference in being a member of the family and being somebody that knows a lot about the family. You can study the Bible all you want to study. You can study in Hebrew, Greek, and every other language in the world and just impress your friends beyond your imagination. But if you don't know the Holy Spirit, you're missing everything. Because the Holy Spirit never did anything that grieved the Father. Jesus never did anything that grieved the Father. And the Holy Spirit was the power in the Son, and he wants to be the power in our life, but we have to, we have to trust the Father. He, he came up with this plan. He knew that we were weak, but he says, in your weakness, I'm going to be made strong. And when you're weak, I'm strong. And when you can't go any longer, I'm going to pick you up and carry you. Many of you have seen that card of, of the footprints in the sand, you know, and it says, well, God, you always said that you were going to walk with me. And there used to be two sets. Now there's just one. And you remember how the answer was. He said, that's when I had to pick you up and carry you. He said, I didn't leave you. I just picked you up. And then later on, I put you back down. And now there's, there's two sets of tracks. But you see, so many of us, we are so caught up in thinking like the world thinks. We cannot think like God thinks. God's way of thinking is very, very simple. I love to be around children. They're just so innocent. If the scripture was said that Jonah swallowed the whale, they would say, wow, man, I bet he is full, you know. But we want to discern how big was the fish and how big was Jonah and how long could he stay underwater and all this kind of stuff. We want to go to, back to Biology 101 to try to figure it out. You know what the Lord said, just follow me. And one of these days, I'll explain it to you. Well, I'm so busy, you'll have plenty of time up here, I promise you. I'll get you an appointment, you know, for about 10,000 years to help you to get it all together so that you can 
communicate with your brothers and sister Christians that are up here. But Peter tells the people that God's Holy Spirit is available to all of you. Not some of you, all of you. He's just looking for someone that is willing to let him come into their life. And the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life or your life will determine everything else that we experience. Peace, power, provisions, answers to questions, encouragement, feeling like that we are good for something, contentment, relationships. It cannot help but grieve the heart of any clear-thinking people as to what happens to a culture that all are sinners and they're all trying to be like the other one. What happens to that? That's like being on a racetrack where the brakes have been taken off all the race cars. And there's only one speed. Either the motor's off or it's going 160 miles an hour. And you put it out there on some big track and say, y'all do the best you can. But there's no, no control. Running totally out of control. And the Holy Spirit comes and the Father says, follow him. I've instructed him. He will guide you into all truth. He will take over when you're not strong enough. He will help you understand what you cannot understand. That's the difference between a powerful Christian and a defeated religionist is the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus walked in front of the believers, he represented not only the Father, but he represented the presence of the Holy Spirit. And all of this fits together to make up the story that we read about in this passage of Scripture. You'll notice that when they had gathered together in that room, that the Bible says Jesus was in the midst. I see that as being in the center, his rightful place. See, Jesus shouldn't be out here on the edge. You know, when I can't do it, I'll call you in, Jesus. I'm going to try to get you when you're not busy. I'm going to call you at 2 o'clock in the morning. And most of my friends will be asleep, but I got a problem here. No, Jesus' rightful place is in the center, right where he is in this story. And, and when he is in the center, you'll notice what happened here. Peace came. Peace came. There's peace in the midst of the storm if you know who's in the boat with you. That you know that Jesus is in your midst. And then there was gratefulness. It said, when, when he showed him his hands and his side, it says the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. They were grateful. This is truly the man that died for our sins. And then the Bible says that joy came. And verse 21 says that gladness came. See, that's what happens when Jesus is in his rightful place. Where would Jesus tell one of your friends that he is in your life right now? Not another friend tell a friend, but what would Jesus say? Does he have preeminence? Does he have first place? Is he really controlling you day by day? In Acts 2, 33, Peter says, I want to give you a promise from the Lord. And he says, therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, 
having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he shed forth this, which you now see and hear. The Holy Spirit is the visible moving of God in all of our lives, where we're able to take it one day at a time, one hour at a time, one minute at a time, and one second at a time. But you cannot separate the power of God from the person of God. The person of God, the Holy Spirit, is the power of God. Now, there's other powers you can separate. For instance, electricity is a power, but it's also an it. You can talk about what electricity is. You can analyze electricity. Gravity is a power, but it is also an it. A hurricane is a power, but it's also an it. <laughs> but Jesus and the Holy Spirit are all power. They're not an it. They're the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And it's all one in the same. The problem with a lot of people is I believe in Jesus and I signed the card and I said the prayer and I got baptized and I joined the church and therefore I am a born-again child of God. No, you're an it. You are simply going through a self-conceived way. I just want to make sure that I win the drawing. I sure want to make sure that the Lord knows that I've dotted every I and I've crossed every T and I've said all the words I'm supposed to say and now I'm going to live my life like I want to. Because if I die early, I'm going to have a good time. The truth is, if they die early, they've messed up the young years. And if they die old, they messed up all their years without the Lord. But yet, we just go on. We just go on. Well, of course, everybody does that. That's what everybody does. Why would you want to be different? Because one, a wonderful change in your life took place when Jesus came into your life. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're not like everybody else. You don't think like them. You don't do what they do. You don't in any way have to deal with what they have to deal with because they have no power other than just go with the flow. Go with the flow. But here's the thing I want you to go away from here today with is that the Holy Spirit is not a it, it's a person. The Holy Spirit is looking for somebody to live in their life. And the way you do that is you acknowledge you need the Holy Spirit and you want him in your life. And you're going to be willing to follow him and you're not going to be ashamed of the Holy Spirit. And you're not going to be willing to say to your friend, I'm sorry, I can't go with you. I can't do that because my Lord lives in me and he has instructed me through the Holy Spirit and his word that I'm to come out from among you and be separate. I'm not better I just one day admitted I was a sinner and Jesus came into my life. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Not at all. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. Don't you like that scripture? The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we're the children of God. We're beginning to think like him. We're beginning to experience what he experiences. That's when we see the sick healed. That's when we see the, the poor person become successful. That's when we see those that feel like they have no friends be inundated with friends. That's when we see people that never made a right decision start making right decision after right decision after right decision and good things continue to fall upon them. Romans 8, 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also 
helps our infirmities. Do you have any of those? Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for, as we ought. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You know what that says? It says we don't all know what's best for us. But we know one that does know what's best for us, and it's the Holy Spirit. Some of us, we wonder, would we be more effective here in this earth or more effective in heaven? So you have to look at it and stop and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? But please understand this. The Holy Spirit is always a he, a his, or a him. We know the male, female, and the neuter. In the Holy Spirit, it's a person. He, him, his are the words that are used. But John 14, 16, it says, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to give you another comforter, and he's going to abide with you forever. Then we read the next verse, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said of you. See, he's not only going to guide the future, he's going to remind you of all the mistakes you've made. You know, you remember how you got in that relationship? You remember what you did? You remember how many people told you don't do that, but you did it anyway? Now what's happened? Well, it hadn't turned out very good. This is my fourth time around. You know, surely I'm going to find one one of these days. Now, if you keep on doing the same thing the same way, you're going to always end up with the same result. But when you let go and let God, then the Holy Spirit begins to take over. John 15, 26 says, but when the comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. And John 16, 7 and 13 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Could I ask you a question? You make your best decisions when you're calm or when you're having a holy fit. What's road rage? Every day I see wrecks in Houston because of road rage. What in the world is road rage? Who do you get mad at? The car, the, the freeway, the sign, the weather, the person in front of you, back of you, side of you? What's the deal? You know, why, why, why do you get so worked up, you know, about things that you can't control? Why can't you be still and know that he is God? Why can't you just cool it, as they used to say? Well, that's just not me. That's the reason I'm talking about this. That is you. And you need to change. You need Jesus in your life. Because you're not a better driver when you're mad. Trust me. It's not only bad for the person around you, but it's not good for the people in the car, including the one that's behind the wheel. But that's just something that we do because I tell you what, I just, I just got a temper. Well, why don't you do something with it? Well, I've tried. You tried the Holy Spirit? Well, no, I hadn't tried that. I mean, you know, that's spiritual stuff. You think I'm going to try that? And besides, that's truth. And I don't like truth. I like a multitude of, of untruths. So I can just pick which one is, is the worst or the, uh, of the whole bunch. It won't work, folks. It won't work. So I'm going to end this way. Anybody here need a comforter? Anybody here need somebody to just come and speak into your life? The Holy Spirit wants to do that. And here's what it says. It says, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, 
He's going to guide you in all truth. He's not going to speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he's going to show you the things to come. He's going to guide you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to hear you. He's going to show you. He's going to empower you. He's going to give the provisions to you. All that you need, my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The baptism of Jesus, the dove came, representing the Holy Spirit. The Father spoke out of heaven. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus, the Son, was buried with Christ in baptism, symbolic of the old life dying and the Holy Spirit coming within that person, and they were raised to walk in newness of life. When Jesus left the baptism, all power was given to him in heaven and earth. The power that created the heaven and the earth, God the Father, it came upon him. And he went from that point into Galilee with unbelievable power. And anywhere he went, the people were wowed at the power that God had, who was Jesus, the God the Son. And they would look at him and see that he could come face to face with Satan himself and just quote the scripture. And the Holy Spirit would just take off and leave. That's the reason we want you to go to Bible study. That's the reason we want you to know what the Bible says. How do you answer all of those temptations? You don't just shut your eyes and go like this. What you do is you have prepared yourself. What am I going to do? If you, if you go down where rattlesnakes live, you need to know what you do the first time you smell one or hear one. You don't want to get out your Boy Scout manual or your Field and Stream magazine, decide, what am I going to do? I'm standing about a rattlesnake. What do I do? You stay away from where the rattlesnake is. That's simple enough. Why is it we fall for so many sins? Because we go to places we ought not go. We run with people we ought not be running with. Well, you think I'm better than them? No, but I know a God that's better than both of us. And I'm following him. And I know the other God that you're following has messed you up bad. And messed me up too until one day I found the right way. Anybody here like to re recommend bad restaurants to your friend? I mean, have you ever gone out to the worst restaurant you've ever ate at in your life and called three of your friends and say, hey, I'll tell you something. You like enchiladas? Let me tell you where you want to go. And they all three get ptomaine poison. I don't think you're going to do that. I think you're going to warn them. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. And you know who you need to be doing all the thinking? Him. The Holy Spirit the Father, and the Son as well. So as we go, I don't want you to ever forget that Jesus, until the day he left this earth and said, my work is done, now the Holy Spirit is going to take over. Now to all of those of you that say you're following me, now's time for you to follow the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, you don't have to have his cell phone. You do not have to know, well, what I do and what do I say? All you have to know is he's never left you. He'll never forsake you. 
You'll never face an enemy that he cannot bring down. And all he asks you to do is to treat him as a person, not as an it. He's not a tool. He is God. God in the Spirit. God in the Spirit. And the presence of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life is the one thing that will give you victory over everything you're going to face from this day to the day God calls you home. No exceptions. No exceptions. I don't know what your burden is today, but I'm telling you, God's Holy Spirit will take over. He will tell you. He will show you. And he will lead you. And if you fall down, he'll pick you up. But he's not an it. Don't treat him as something out there, this secondary God. No, he is God. He is the Spirit. And all people who walk in the flesh are weak, in the, even in the Christian life. So you've got to walk in the Spirit. And the way you walk in the Spirit is for the, the Spirit to live in you. You must understand the importance of the Holy Spirit. You're not going to make it on your looks, your personality, your bank account, your education, your IQ, your inheritance. Only through Jesus. But isn't it good to know that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? Isn't it good to see the word all, not some? All have sinned, but whosoever will can be saved. It's not all have sinned and a few can get saved. It's all can get saved. And the quicker you come to that day, the better it's going to be. Why not today if you're listening or watching? Why not? What, what is their excuse that God would accept? Why you would not accept his son Jesus' death on the cross for your sins and the promise that his spirit will never leave you nor forsake you? and will guide you and walk with you through everything. There's not a person here that hadn't walked through some difficult times this, this week, this month, and maybe even today. But there's nothing too hard for my God or yours. He's King of kings. He's Lord of lords. Amen. He's a suffering servant, but he's a soon-coming king. And he says, I'll walk with you here. And I'm going to call you to be with me. And I'll welcome you home personally. But folks, you don't get it done without the Holy Spirit.